Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? So what's up, B? Nothing. Watching the game, having a bud. Now, join us from New York for who wants to be a millionaire. The NBA Playoffs 2000 on TSN. Now playing. James Duffy at NBA Playoff Control, and our David Amber knows how Charlie Ward and Chris Childs will feel tonight because earlier he went one-on-one with Muggsy Bogues. Carter, triple team, missed. Good shot by Carter, no good. Carter, over three on a short. Is a team not ready for this level of play? Toronto coming in, the first playoff experience. A lot of things have gone wrong for them. And uh, that'll do it. The New York Knicks complete the sweep of the Toronto Raptors and will move to the second round to face their arch rival, the Miami Heat. New York ends the game on a 9-2 run when the game was on the line. That was over the last minute, 10 Sportsfeld story time. We are into our third edition, April's story time. After looking back at it was four one Maple Leafs, that was a low. We went high with the Blue Jays twenty sixteen wild card game. We decided we need to do Raptors, and sure, it would be easy to pick the literal championship they just won. It would be easy to pick the many good times they had, but we decided let's get into the gully. Let's drive this into the ditch. Let's go as low as we possibly can. We have gone all the way back to 2001. Yes, indeed, we're going back to Game 7 of the second round of the NBA playoffs. Raptors, 76ers, Vince Carter, a fresh graduate from the University of North Carolina with a Bachelor <laughs> of Arts, I believe, is what he graduated. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, man, his B of A. Uh, this me, was me and, me and Vince have the same uh, <laughs> same degree. 
Yeah, May 20th, 2001, the first Union Center, the first huge game, I would say, in Raptors history. Yeah. I would say this is like the, not only the first huge game, but like, it's one of those like turning points in the course of the franchise. Like if they win this game, who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. They would like they wouldn't have won that year, but just in terms of the next fifteen years of misery. Now a little different than our last two, whereas we were, you know, by the math, adults for for the that Leafs game and that, that especially that Blue Jays game. I was fifteen years old when this game happened, and you were twelve years old. That's correct. Yeah, twelve, about to turn thirteen, still wet behind the ears, <laughs> whole whole life ahead of me. Were you a celebrity yet? No. Th- we would have started filming season one like the week before. Wow. Wow. Or or either the week before or like that week. So it was like right before any of that nonsense began. What was your basketball fandom like at 12? Because I, th- I think the first NBA season I can remember was Penny Hardaway's rookie year. That's That's the first team I really ever remember watching was the Orlando Magic. So what was it, what was your NBA fandom like when you were 12 years old? I was a pretty big basketball fan from the jump. I didn't really get basketball when I was like really young because obviously we didn't have a team yet. But I my early memories are, I think, not unlike most people my generation were of Jordan. Uh, I had a little tiny Phoenix Suns basketball when I was a kid. So I was a big Barkley and Suns fan. Rooted for the Suns really hard against the Bulls. Totally. That's ki- that's kind of my first basketball memory. I became a big fan of the Supersonics because their name sounded like Sonic the Hedgehog. But I was pretty much 100% on board with the Raptors from day one. I mean, I was seven, I think, in their first season. So I was like the perfect age for new sport in the city. I was actually, my early Raptors claim to fame is that the one Raptors game I attended and their inaugural season was actually the game where they beat the Bulls. Jordan, Kerr, five seconds. Pippen will have to let it go. Three, Steve Kerr, no. Jordan, yes. But no, after the buzzer, and the Toronto Raptors have pulled it out. They've done it. The Toronto Raptors have done it. They have beaten Michael. They have beaten the Bulls. 109-108. Man, I haven't heard this place like this since the Blue Jays won the World Series. Until this point, that was pretty much the the peak of the franchise because the year before this, 99-2000, they made the playoffs but didn't win a single game. They got swept by the Knicks. Bad memories there. We get into it. Uh, the Raptors, how they got here. They they made some deals. Uh, we talked about this before, but they had just traded Tracy McGrady. 21-year-old Tracy McGrady is a sign-and-trade. He wasn't going to come back. So back in the day, they did sign-and-trades. Nowadays, by the way, he would have been a restricted free agent, and they would have just matched any deal and, and forced him to come back. But they traded Tracy McGrady for a pick, which they then flipped they traded Corliss Williamson and that pick for Jerome Williams. They also traded Mark Jackson and Muggsy Bogues for Chris Childs and traded Kevin Willis and Keon Clark, or Kevin Willis for Keon Clark and Tracy Murray. So the first sort of wave of past that first generation of this team, uh, Lenny Wilkins took over behind the bench. 
And they they made some they made a, a nice run of it. They were down two one to the Knicks in round one, which was a best of five at the time. They won game four at home, and then Alvin Williams came up big to send the Raptors their first playoff series win. I was convinced. I was so in on the two thousand two thousand one Raptors. You oh, like, yeah. man, I loved this team. It was kind of a weird, even being like young. It was a weird time in the NBA because you, even though we were all in on this team and like, I remember them capturing the city unlike like, obviously the Leafs were omnipresent and by this point, the Jays were kind of, unless you like baseball, you weren't really paying attention to the blue Jays. But I remember Vince specifically. And then this team as a whole, I I've had this stuck in my head for, I guess, literally 20 years now on the kiss 92 morning show that I believe before the playoffs began, they made an edit of the song Bye 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 by NSYNC, but <laughs> but about Vince Carter and the Raptors. And all I can remember from it was that the lead into the chorus was because tonight we're going to see Carter fly. And I was like, that's it was the best. Like it was the, it was not unlike sort of what the Raptors are now. Like it was very much like a young, cool thing in the city. And it was totally new. Like if, this is only the sixth season of the team ever. Yeah, it's an it's an impressive turnaround. Vince was unbelievable this year. It's it's like you look back at it, it's ridiculous. Like twenty seven point six points per game. He shot forty percent from three on five attempts per game. Uh, he got to the line a ton. He averaged uh, five five boards and four assists, a block and a steal and a half. This was the best year of his entire career. I, I'm I'm fairly sure twenty seven. That's the highest he averaged in a, in a in a season, a no doubt All Star, which he was for a, a, like eight years in a row here, but definitely the high watermark in his career. It does go all downhill after this, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was fifth in the NBA in scoring. Allen Iverson, of course, was number one. He was second team All NBA. Uh, he made the All Star team. The Raptors were one of the best offenses in the league. They averaged ninety seven points per game. It was fifth best. In the league, they went 47 and 35, second. 97 points per game, fifth yeah. best in the league. <laughs> that would be so bad now. Like, it's truly <laughs> unbelievable. That's a 105.9 offensive rating, though, for your for you uh, smarts out there. So they were, they were a, a, a pretty good offensive team, a top 10 offensive team, and a, a middling defensive team. They were 14th in the league in defensive rating. They gave up 90 points a game, which was 18th. So you give up 90 points a game back in the day, you were a bad defense. Uh, they were sixth in the NBA in attendance. How about that? How about yeah, that? I mean, that's always been sort of, especially like Vince just. Yeah, it's well, it's a star-driven league. Um, also, just, just for the record, that 90 points a game on defense would be the best in the NBA in 2020 by 17 points. <laughs> Of course. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Let's Remember Some Guys-ish sort of, it's harder in basketball because there are only so many so many guys uh, in your rotation. But Vince Carter, obviously, was your number one guy. Uh, Charles Oakley played a ton. He was 37 years old. At this point, I couldn't um, get over rewatching the game. I couldn't get over the fact that Charles Oakley was on the team at all. They traded him for fucking Marcus Camby. They could have had Marcus <laughs> Camby here who would who would have been like defensive player. If, you know, there's the thing of if, if, would you have played two centers with him and Antonio Davis? Whatever you want, Marcus Camby. <laughs> when you're an expansion team and you have a, a guy in his 20s, you, you play him. It's just not that complicated. <laughs> but also, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Oak's arrival being like, huge at the time it was like oh now we got a 36 year old guy who played with jordan so now we're here well they needed toughness was was sort of the statement antonio davis was a big part of this team alvin williams of course mo pete a 23 year old rookie he was he played five years in college that would never happen now. <laughs> what yeah he played he went he was a five-year senior that's he wild drafted at 23 they had just come off the uh winning the ncaa championship at, at michigan state right uh with mateen cleaves i want to say that is correct. And I believe Mateen Cleese was the MVP of the of that championship game. Keon Clark, JYD, Del Curry, uh, who who will come up again in this. Tracy Murray, who I used to love. Tea Time, the long-range bomber. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Montross, uh, Yogi Stewart, uh, some of the guys at the bottom. I loved Yogi Stewart just because his name was Yogi. <laughs> of the bottom of this. And Mamadou Njai, who, who nobody dunks like Mamadou. Mamadou Njai was back then? Yeah, he played... Three games. He's 25 years old. He was not good. I, For some reason, in my uh, my brain, Mamadou was like four or five years later. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't think he had real playing time until they were terrible again. Right. So, Vince Carter and, and Antonio Davis, the only guys the entire season on the Raptors to average double figures. As I said, Vince nearly averaged 30 points a game. I can't stress enough how, and you sort of touched on it as well, kids our age, 15 and 12 years old, how much this series was like so cool to watch like oh, it was yeah. so cool the raptors went on the road and then ai scores 54 in game two and then vince scores 50 in game three <laughs> and then ai scores 30 in game four and then 52 in game five and vince scores 39 in game six that was like it was like you were watching a video game because when you were when you're 15 and 12 and you're playing video games, you just take Vince Carter and take every shot. That's you don't <laughs> like you don't worry about double teams. You don't worry about finding the open man or getting your teammates involved. That's all that ever happens. I remember um, my best friend when I was that age, we watched all the sports together. He was a basketball player throughout high school and university. And he, when we were that age, was always one of those guys who just like he, obviously he rooted for Toronto teams, but his interest was like just in like dope basketball. And I remember like, I remember in this series, I think it was the Vince 50 game, him being like, not fully rooting for the Raptors. He was just like, I just want to see cool shit. And I was like, how can you possibly be like, <laughs> not all in on this? And now I'm like, okay, I, I get it. But like the, that was sort of what 
basketball was back then. It was just like watching guys do cool shit. We'll get into this uh, in the fir- a little further when we get into like the actual in-game action, but it is sort of crazy like how little actions they run to get Vince like they don't clear out for him they don't spread the floor for him he's not running off screens like basically you give him the ball at the elbow and you hope he hits a fadeaway it was sort of half of of what the strategy was or or how many times like somebody would post up and then someone else would run through the middle of the lane and just like all you're doing <laughs> is bringing a defender down there like the amount of like drive and kick triple teams and just hope that like yeah he'll find someone maybe but also like they were consistently triple teaming guys. You had to. You had to. But like, just there's so many, especially in like the first quarter of this game, Charles Oakley has like seven possessions in a row where it's just like an open 16-footer. Very interesting Oakley game, which, which we will get into. But it, we, we digress. You, you can't talk about this game without talking about the thing that it becomes known for, and that is Vince going to North Carolina in the morning to <laughs> attend graduation. It's already been a busy day for Toronto's Vince Carter. Vince arrived in Chapel Hill at about 9 a.m. to attend his college graduation ceremonies and met with the media. Carter, who earned his degree in Afro-American studies, joined his fellow graduates in the class of 2001. Then at about 11 o'clock, he boarded the private plane of the Raptors team owner and flew to Philadelphia for the game. Vince arrived at about 12.15, five hours and 15 minutes before the game. As he gets ready for game seven, He spoke with Andrea Joyce. There were some people who questioned, including some of your teammates, who questioned your decision to go to North Carolina, considering the magnitude of this game. What's your response to that criticism? I have no response. I have no comment for it. The fact of the matter is I'm here. I'm ready to play. You know, a lot of people are calling this the biggest game in Toronto Raptors franchise history. If you take a step back, though, and look at it that way, can you understand that there would be concern? I don't care. I don't care. I accomplished, uh, I'm accomplishing two things. I'm in the big, the biggest game and I accomplished the biggest thing in my life and that's to graduate. So, Did you feel at all today any anxiety about coming back or feel like you put any extra pressure on yourself? Not at all. I'm just ready to play, you know. What about the positives from this? Is Are there things that you can pull from this day, inspiration, or is it two separate things? Um, I have my degree and I have a chance to win the um, Game 7 Series against the um, the best team in our, in our conference. Okay, congratulations again. Best of luck today. Thank you. Now, when I was 15 years old, this was not a big deal to me. Didn't care. But this was, I think, and you sort of touched on it, that this was still a very young team. The Raptors were five, six years into their existence. And I think this was the first moment where they, it wasn't just, you just say, you just, you constantly talk positively about them. Like nobody was negative about Vince Carter ever before this. This was the yeah. first time he took a bullet of any sort. And it was the first time that like sports radio did anything but talk about him as the best player in the league. How did, how did you feel at the time about Vince going to graduate? To be honest, I found it kind of confusing. Not that he went, but the sort of shitstorm that it created. Because like, I think to your point, like this is obviously this is pre social media. This is pre any, this was all talk radio and newspaper at this point. But the because they were such a young team, and I guess this still happens now to a, a degree, but obviously now we have specialists. Most people covering the Raptors at this point, I feel, maybe other than Doug Smith, I'm not even sure if he was writing yet for them. But like most of it was hockey writers writing about yes. basketball. Yes. 
And so Vince going to his graduation that morning, I've always wondered what the news cycle would have been like in a different city. Mm. Because I think I, and I could be misremembering because again, this is 20 years ago, but I feel like, I feel like I remember a lot of the rhetoric and a lot of the discussion around it was very much not outright saying, but like in that tone of like a hockey player would never do this. Totally. What, what, you mean go to college? <laughs> <laughs> you mean finish grade 10? Get a degree. What is this? No, I, I totally agree. It was, um, I think that undertone, whether we like it or not, sort of it, it is always going to exist for the Raptors. This was that undertone really confronting us. It's not like he played poorly in this game. He didn't shoot great, but they were they they literally quadruple team him a lot of the time. No, and like nobody really shot great in this game. But this he'll never escape that. That that's that's going to be tied into this and his career forever because this is this is you know his biggest moment at this point in his career. His biggest moment, obviously the Nets go a little further but but boy like i feel like it's one of those things where obviously i am not a professional basketball player and i think when i was younger i definitely didn't understand the hubbub it was like okay he went in the morning and he was there for shoot around in game time like he didn't miss anything so who cares but i think as i've gotten older i still don't really care that he went Mm -hmm. but i do sort of understand this especially from sort of the guiding storyline of the Raptors the last four or five years of like how even in the DeMar years, like it was very much like a squad of guys. I can see how like if you're that close with a teammate and it's the biggest game in franchise history, it's game seven. The whole storyline has been Vince versus AI and then Vince is doing something else in the morning. I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I personally don't really have a problem with it, but I get it. And it's just graduation. It's not like he was going to a class, right? Like, right. It's just, anyway, <laughs> you still get and, the diploma whether you go or not. And like, I'm sure he had like, like Vince isn't having to wait in line for things at this point. Like totally. he was showing up, getting his diploma and leaving. So we move into the game. Your Raptors starting five, Alvin Williams, Morris Peterson, Vincent Lamar Carter, Charles Oakley, Antonio Davis, Philly counters with Iverson, Aaron McKee, Jermaine Jones, Dikembe Mutombo, and Tyrone Hill. Uh, the Raptors only go eight deep in this game. Chris Child, JYD, and Del Curry are the only guys to come off the bench for them in this game. And I believe Philly is the same. They used Todd McCullough for like 20 seconds. He, yeah, he barely. The, the Sixers were basically six deep. McCullough plays a minute eight. Uh, Rodney Buford plays three minutes. And Kevin Ollie plays four minutes. So they go yeah. Iverson, Matumbo, McKee, Jones, Hill, and Eric Snow, who hits some big shots who I could not stand. I hated Eric. I, I hated Eric. <laughs> oh my I, God. I, I also, at the, <laughs> at the time I don't anymore, obviously for many, many reasons at the time I hated AI. I hated watching AI in this game. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I, I was actually surprised how much I remember how much I hated a lot of these Sixers. Like yeah. I really did not like Aaron McKee really did not like Tyrone Hill, but that's just who we are uh, as guys. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, because the more I think about it, the more I'm sort of surprised how much Toronto and Philly are tied together in mm-hmm. sports moments. Like there's the obviously the 93 World Series. You have this series. You have a lot of Leafs Flyers nonsense. You have obviously Kawhi's shot. Like I think it's just ingrained. In, I, I, I hate Philadelphia sports. Like I, like, and I, and I've been trying to figure out for a while like why I don't like Philly teams ever. Yeah. And 
now that I'm thinking about it and like, obviously we have some sports distance and whatever it's because we've been like locked in sports battles and rivalries with them for our entire lives. And they're sort of very similar cities in that they are known for being passionate for their guys and for propping up guys that maybe aren't stars, but are hardworking dudes that like represent the city quote unquote. And like also will turn on one of their own stars. No problem. Like immediately. (laughs) um, I think, I think that there's a a really interesting uh, dichotomy there and there are sort of, viewed similarly from the outside yeah i I think that's a great that's a great uh that's a great comparison so there is the setup that is the taking us in to game seven uh we will move forward in episode two we will talk about the beginning of this game the first three quarters everything that happens after vince gets off that plane from north carolina and arrives in philly 